0: Before you've seen it, tell somebody, God knows you've got it in you. Just let it go. He put it there. All right. Hey, we don't stop worrying.
1: We don't stop worrying until the war is over. You know, before Chuck comes, I want to tell you all a little story that the Lord taught me years ago about how the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. After daddy died and there was multiple changes in the family and in Carthage and all the ill words and everything. And two weeks after that, we go back to this house that we lived in because mama said, nobody's taking our house away from us. And the house is up on a hill with a lake three-fourths of the way around it. And I'm sitting in my uh, window seat in my bedroom trying to get focused to get back on homework. And the driveway's a fourth of the mile up. And you see this car coming. It was a little blue fair, fair lane. And it come up and it started circling the house. And I was going, who is this? And what are they doing? And have we not already been through enough? So I got up and I went in there and I told mama. And so mama went to the back door and me and Penny K followed her. And she told me, she said, stand here, don't come outside and keep Penny Kay behind you. And I did. And these women, five women, big women, got out of the car and one woman was very large. And she started in on Mama about how they were doing a Jericho ride around our house and that they were going to shout and mama was going to give them the deed of the house back and because it was five of them it was a picture of grace and here's the thing now i want you to remember something i didn't learn this lesson two years later how the enemy will come as an angel of light it all sounded good it all looked good It all seemed to be very, very godly. Besides one thing. They were trespassing. And so, she, my mother said.
0: Remember that.
1: Yeah. My mother said, number one, you don't have right to be on my property. Get off. And they come at her. And my mother's a little bitty woman. And they come at her. And this big old woman pushed her and knocked her down and I Have that thing rise up inside of me, but my mother has told me to protect Penny K Because Penny K is only like five at this time And so you're caught between two worlds and when my mother goes down Where we built the house, you know, you have you have remnants of bricks and wood that you're gonna carry off later she come up with a two-by-four Swung it like a baseball bat and caught that woman upside the head. And that woman's eyes rolled back in her head. And I thought, oh, hell, she's killed somebody else. (laughs) And I'm going, oh, my gosh. And these other women got out, and my mother's standing there. And you know how a baseball player will swing the bat to get a hold of it? And she did, and she looked at these ladies. And this is what she said. She said, the enemy never, ever has the right to trespass on something that belongs to me, my children, and my God. Either get off now, or I'll have every one of y'all carried off. They all picked this big woman up and slid her in the back of the seat like a board. They drove off and no one ever went after that property again. Listen to me We are so quick to agree yes. It sounds good It seems good. It is good. Therefore. It's God no if the enemy is stepped into your land and you're covered by the blood there is a trespassing sign that says, get out in the name of Jesus. Amen. Lift up a shout. Wow.
0: You know, I always get real nervous when Keith gets the mic. Used to, every time he spoke, I, I left town. But I can't do that now like I used to do. And yeah, all of these stories are true plus some. Now, I'm going to tell you that. Uh, I, I want to say this before I get started. You each have a story. Now, every one of you, we all have a story. Some of us is really bad. But we all have a choice for our story to be victorious. Come on. Now, that's your choice. You can keep your story being victimized or your story can be victorious. Yes. Now, that's your, that's your choice. That is not my choice for you. I can't make you do it. Uh, I had to choose to be that. And I can remember the moment I chose. I was not living at home. I, was, uh, I had left home because the situation was so bad, and I was not to be there. And I had to make a choice between life and death. And I am talking literal life and death. And when I chose, death didn't fear me anymore. Now, hear what I'm saying to you. You are going to have to make choices in your life to walk in victory knowing you have an enemy that wants to kill, steal, and destroy you. The minute you sign up in God's army, that enemy wants to take you out. Now, you have to understand that. And you signed, tell somebody next to you, you signed up for this. I'll hear God's children say constantly, I didn't sign up for all this grief. Yes, you did. You signed up for it and you've already been equipped to overtake it. because he wouldn't let it be in your path if you weren't going to overtake it. He didn't set it in your path without you already being ready to rise up in it and overtake it. Just tell somebody next to you, I'm, I'm feeling a stirring going on in me. Now, don't forget next Sunday's first fruits. I love first fruit. First fruit will redeem anything the enemy's taken from you. Now, all of you listen out there, and all of you who don't like the thought of it, when you give the best you have monthly, you are on a road to redemption that cannot be stopped. You are becoming a locomotive that will have to be dealt with. Say,
1: devil, get out of the way!
0: We love how we're getting together. We're all finding our way and a new way to come together and fellowship. Women's Houses of Zion are uh, the summer sign-ups back at the Welcome Center. Listen, you need to—I pray for people during the week. I pray for one couple I hadn't seen in a month, prayed for them every day last week, and finally told Chad, would you call and check on them? You know, I, I mean, you've got to know you have a voice. All you got to do is call. All you got to do is say, this is what I'm up against. But let me say something. If you say, I'm up against it, we're going to come past it. Come on. One way or the other. Say, one way or the other. One way or the other. Now, And uh, now, how many of you are here because you went to uh, Becca Greenwood's uh, deliver? The span. Y'all stand up. Let's welcome you here. What a blessing to have you. We're so glad this place can be used to gather groups and uh, people have access to it to gather and come in. We also have two very dear visitors that you'll be hearing from this month. Pascal, you and Norma, y'all stand up. From They're here with us all month as they're making their transition, and I want you to just act the way you always act. (laughs) That helps people make a shift. Now, let me, let me go ahead and share some things, because I, I do feel like the Lord asked me to share today. Robert and Linda are on their anniversary uh, weekend, uh, and uh, it's a real blessing. Let's thank God for Robert. I'm loving Shabbat. I'm being reinvigorated by Shabbat. You know, we have to look deep into every circumstance. You know, COVID's been good to me. You have to say that. If you don't look at the enemy and say, everything you're throwing against me is going to work for my good, he'll knock you down with it. It's been very, very good. Uh, It gave me an opportunity to make a shift out of a lifestyle that I had had for 40 years. It made me uh, able and a way of ministry that I'd had for many, many years. It allowed uh, my wife to transform. The doctor even said if it hadn't been for COVID, you probably wouldn't have made it uh, this last year. See, you have to let things work together for your good. Say it again, he's working it out on my behalf. If you ever get down in your spirit because of what's being thrown at you, it will eventually land on top of you. Now, I'm trying to be not real real theological today, but very practical with you. Now, you have to make a choice to say, wait a minute, I'm just really not going to wear that. That is not for me today. You just have to say, that ain't who I am. See, the way I know who I am means this. The, what you wear and your identity uh, it reflects your identity. And when, the, when you have something coming at you, you need to say, I'm not putting that on. Now, Uh, again, we could tell you all sorts of stories where we had to keep our head up or else our head would have been buried down under. And so you have to learn there's ways for me to wear who I am in the midst of the conflict around me. And that's what I want to talk about today. Now, let me show you a picture. Barbara, you could not have prophesied any better this morning. Uh, Go ahead, Brian. I want you to look at this. Uh, am I missing it? Brian? Come on. Come on. Come on, people. Ooh, that's a big booth back there to be moving. All right. Listen, I know where it's supposed to be. You don't have to tell me. It's this little group back here in the box you need to be working on, okay? I I, I see it. It wasn't there when it was supposed to be. You understand that? Yeah, let's all just say it wasn't there when it was supposed to be. We've been waiting patiently for it. Say that out loud to the Lord. That thing I thought would be there wasn't there when I thought it was going to be there. I'm just waiting patiently for it. All right. Because that's part of the message today. Now, this is where, what it looks like we're going through. Door after door after door after door that is getting more colorful and brighter. Now, I do want to say this. Barbara said, don't look at the dragon at the door, but you have to know that at the threshold is pythos. Now, that is a biblical principle. I had to really seek the Lord this weekend and say, what is it we're not getting? because evidently it's something or I wouldn't have to go over it a hundred times a week. But it's good for me. It reinforces what I know and what I believe. Pythos and threshold are an equated word. At every threshold, pythos is waiting Either to release divination towards you, to send you in a wrong direction, or to squeeze you so tightly that you can't get through the door. Now, you have to understand that. That is the principle of the threshold. When we think threshold, we think marriage. When you're going into covenant, there is always a war because god knows that if we ever step through into our next level of covenant blessing we have an authority that is tremendous and every time you step over the threshold there is great blessings that are waiting at your next level of covenant. Now, I'm not saying get married 12 times. That's not what I'm saying to you. I'm saying covenant thresholds have blessings waiting on the other side. Now, that's what this year is about, that there is a place that you can look down and go through that has a greater dimension than you have ever stepped into. This whole year, in this whole era, is waiting for us to embrace that principle. All right? Now, and it's producing lots of change in us and lots of movement. Now you have to remember, we are restoring the covenant root of our life and we're releasing the glory of God into the atmosphere. You're doing that in every choice you make when you're aligning with the Lord. See, every time you choose to align and obey, glory comes into the atmosphere. Glory comes down on your feet. Where you stand, people sense something different. And there's no rules on where you stand. You just want to stand where God tells you to stand. All right? And yet when you stand there, you want glory to permeate all the way from the throne room down to hell. So hell knows You are walking in glory. Do you know what? That is a real estate principle. And if you are really in alignment with the throne room, that glory through you is going to go all the way into hell it's going to unlock every blessing's five layers down in the stratosphere under you and cause it to come up. Now, here's what Barbara was describing. This is what this whole year looks like. It is the lion of the tribe of Judah, but we're at a threshold, and the dragon keeps... Blowing back heat against us to say, you're not coming through. Now, Barbara was prophesying that we don't have to be singed by that fire. But the only way we won't be singed by that fire is to release the sound A fire that is greater than the dragon's fire. So, we've talked about glory. We've talked about fire. Now, I want you to look at someone, and all of you on the web, that's in you. That's not around you. That's in you. You had a glory when you were knit together in your mother's womb. Now, whether you allow the glory to be unlocked is your choice. And it's amazing how much free will the Lord gives us. I mean, really lets us make choices. It's amazing. Now, here's a phrase the Lord keeps saying to me as we go forth in this season ahead, many conflicts to come. That's why we're having this message today. There are many conflicts to come. We have it here's the thing, it's how you divine the conflict it 's how you're defining conflict. see this nation, I liked what Keith said it 's on a path that it can 't do anything except have tremendous conflict it's on it, it wouldn 't matter which side you're on, who you're with, the conflict is swirling, and something is key to rise. Up through the conflict now it 's not going to just float away. I, I look back and remember when I first prophesied years ago, this was years ago, Barbara, you were just with up in Oklahoma with John Benefield. I prophesied about the at Tulsa. And how there would come a day where Tulsa would have to recognize what was held in its ground. Now, I, I remember prophesying it. We then took groups to Tulsa. We met at the places. And, and Darts, I thought about you this week all the places we've gone worldwide and prayed. Because there comes a time, see, glory is timed. There comes a time when you stand and pray and it penetrates down into the earth, that glory is going to come back up and cause what's in the earth to rise up. And years ago, this is probably 15 years ago, And then all of this week, we saw, I even met with the mayor at River Spirit Casino in Tulsa. And with Indian chiefs and the mayor and prophesied over him, you'll be on national news for what's going to come. I mean, it was an awesome, awesome, incredible meeting. Ann has the prophecies. And... So when all of this started going on, a hundred years later in one time frame, 15 years later in another time frame, three years later in another time frame, and then today. See, God's not in time. We're in time. And he knew and he knows that once we stand and pray. A lot of you get really uh, exasperated with the Lord over this because you think, well, why isn't he hearing me? I'm praying. I'm asking him to do this. I went to these places. We went all over the world, nation after nation, praying at Strongholds. Are you aware at the right moment when that glory seed has been deposited that it will work its way back out? That's what we're going to start seeing. It's going to start happening. Things you've prayed about are going to start happening. And you know what? It's going to create all sorts of upheavals. Tell somebody, I guess I just better put my seatbelt on. Turn with me to Daniel 11, and I thought to myself, perhaps we're not seeing the Word. Now, I do, but by the time I leave today with us, I want to be sure you see the importance of the Word. We have to have that living Word flowing through us, and you say, well, you know, I feel the Spirit when they're prophesying, when they're speaking in tongues, when they're doing all those crazy things they do there. But I'm not sure I understand it. You, that's your responsibility. You're going to have to get the word so deep and clear in you that all of a sudden when you see something, you're going to know. That that's the word in action. Amen. Now, why do I say that? Because Hebrews chapter 5 for, uh, verse 14 says, we discern through word and spirit. John chapter 4 says, we worship with word and spirit. And so the Lord is telling us, we are coming into conflicts in days ahead that when you see it I want you to be able to discern it immediately I want you to be able to look at it and know what's going on I want you to be able to say that that is happening is this that was spoken now that's what Daniel 11 is about of course Daniel is one of my favorite books Daniel had a different spirit He could be in the world, but his spirit remained pure in the world. See, it's not anything wrong wrong with being in the world. It's where the world is controlling you, and you're conforming your thoughts to it. Now, and so here, it's talking about in days ahead, there comes lots of conflicts, and what really plays the most important part in those conflicts is, we will poke somebody next to you and say, I think he's talking about you. <laughs> Let me just read a little of this to you. And I do want you to get in the Word. It's talking about how the enemy... In Daniel 7, it's already told you that the enemy is going to try to wear your mind out. And he, he will work as hard as he can until you get seated the Ancient of Days in your midst. Now, armed forces of his will arise and defile and desecrate the sanctuary, the stronghold. They'll do away with regular sacrifice. In other words, there'll come a time where we can't freely give. I can't imagine on a daily basis the one thing that could affect me most is on a daily basis I couldn't give. I get up each day asking the Lord, how can I give a portion that you have so bountifully poured into me see and so this says there comes a day when we won't even be able to bring and sacrifice freely and in the midst of that it says that uh, smooth words will be what really can bring you into deception and uh He'll disregard it. Says the enemy will disregard the covenant. Do you see now why this year we're trying to say we've got to get our covenant root fully restored? See, and because see, the enemy starts pulling on you against that covenant root, he wants to uproot your covenant root with the Lord. Now, it says, but the people, now hear this, poke somebody again, say, I know that's you. Who are spiritually mature and know their God will display strength. Everybody say strength, strength. and take action to resist. Now, we get lots of comments, and I will tomorrow, I'm sure, over why we worship like we did today. There comes a time we have to resist. And if you don't know how to worship with resistant type of worship, when that time comes, you will not be equipped for it. Therefore, my role is to make sure you are equipped to resist. You know why? Because you have to resist. (laughs) And then it says, listen to this. It says they'll display strength They'll take action. Do you know what that word means? They will do exploits with resources. You'll be able to take that chair and make it into something else. Just like, we'll go back to your testimony that you were giving us as hard as it was. You'll be able to take a two-by-four and make it the weapon of, of blessing for your future. Hear what I'm saying to you. You're going to have to be able to look around you and say, wait a minute, that looks like a chair, but God wants it to be this. You didn't have any idea I was going to speak on this today. I hadn't even talked to you. Are you listening to me? I said, you didn't even have any idea I was going to speak on this. You're going to have to be able to say, wait a minute, there's a piano over there in that restaurant. I better get over there and move on it in a way I ain't ever moved on it before. Now, some way, the Lord told me, we're not getting this. The Lord told me this weekend, I had a conversation with two or three people. And said we're not getting this. We're living as normal as we can live. I said if they'll walk by certain people and not see those people, how in the world are they ever going to see harvest to bring in? They can't even see who's working with them half the time.
1: Wow. You no, know, I leave it. I, so. I
0: got to preach this. Let me preach yeah, this. <laughs> Set it down. <laughs> I'm going to preach it. God told me to do it. God said, if you don't get those that are listening out there, because he showed me a picture. He was calling the remnant in, and we weren't as large as we needed to be. And we weren't equipped with the right weapons to war what he was calling us in for. said if they can breathe I can do an exploit with them. Now hear what I'm saying to you. Doris can take that wheelchair. She can lay you out in a minute. Now hear what I'm saying to you. We have to get a creativity about us that we have locked up unlocked. Now He also showed me this. He said, part of it is they have learned my word one way. Mm. And he said, because they've learned my word one way, they're not seeing the multifaceted dimension that I can take that word and create with. And he said, you're going to have to liberate my people out from under the religion of what they've learned. Because many conflicts are coming. And then the next verse says this. They who are wise and have spiritual insight among the people will instruct many and help them understand. Yet for many days, some of them will fall by sword, by flame, by captivity, by plunder. Therefore, I must must teach them to plunder. If they don't learn to plunder, they'll fall by plunder. Now, plunder is not a word that we're used to. I love the song the, the song choices today. Amazing how God by his spirit has orchestrated us to hear this. And you can you, it's okay that you're sitting there saying, "Oh good Lord, I don't get this. I'm just trying to survive. I'm I'm loving. I want to go home and drink milk." <laughs> well, you can only drink milk so much, and you have to also remember the Lord can make you lactate intolerant. (laughs) Therefore, the next little milk you want, it's going to make you sick. And it's not going to bring strength to you. Now, here's the next thing I want to say. The earth brought forth its harvest. This is a principle. We are in a harvest decade. That means things that's been planted are going to come up. Every seed you plant, you need to say, bring it forth. Bring it forth, Lord. A, a, a farmer doesn't plant a seed and say, I don't care whether, I'm not, I'm not looking to see if it multiplies. Yes, you are. Don't ever have that attitude. That is nothing but a religious voice speaking into you. Tell me one farmer that's going to plant a cornfield and say, well, I don't care if it ever comes up again. Not one of them. Not one of them. Don't you ever have that mentality. But if we don't develop... This harvest mentality, it was what the Lord himself walking in the earth, God in the earth as Yeshua, kept trying to teach his disciples over and over. There's a harvest and you keep putting it off. Don't say it's four months down the road. I want you to see the harvest in everything I do for you. Now, with that, uh, one of the words linked with harvest is plundering. So, we're entering a time to plunder or be plundered. Well, say out loud, I'm choosing the first road. Remember, for seven years... In the book of Judges, Gideon and the Israelites were plundered. They took everything at harvest time. The Midianites would come take everything away from them. And finally, Gideon hides out in a wine press, trying to thresh the little wheat that he's got so he can hide it. That is not what we are called to do. And the Lord said, no, I'm going to come down. I'm going to visit you. And then I'm going to reveal myself to you as Jehovah Shalom. Amen. Now, hear what I just said. I'm going to visit you. I'm going to give you a war strategy. Then I'm going to reveal myself as Jehovah Shalom. That means the God of peace. Because you're going to need it when you go to war to get back what the Midianites have taken from you. And you're not going to just get back what, they try, what they're planning to take this year. You're going to get back all last seven years is coming back.
1: Say, I want it back!
0: You're going to plunder the enemy's camp. Because... Sooner or later, you're going to get tired of him plundering yours. Somebody needs to shout, I am so tired of it. I am tired of him. He ain't taking another thing from me. You know, one thing I did for years in notebooks, I still have those notebooks. I would list everything the enemy took from us. You heard. You heard had no idea you would share that testimony. Holy Spirit. Yeah, Holy Spirit. I made list of everything the enemy. And then I had a choice, would I be bitter over the loss, or would I start calling it back in the way God wanted to bring it back? Would I think, why did I have to go through all that instead of saying, Lord, thank you for taking me through it because not only can I see it recovered, I can help others recover their losses. Now hear me. There comes something in you where you have to say, thank you, Lord, I belong to you. Yes, Lord. You think they would be doing deliverance this weekend if they weren't trying to set the captives free, to bring them back out of something the enemy's taken from them? Now, here's the thing that I want to say now. We must grab hold of the keys for the kingdom, for kingdom advancement today. Now, that becomes very important for us. So look with me at. Matthew chapter 11, because this isn't your normal message you hear in Sunday morning church. It's not. not We're usually hearing how we can perhaps be a better person, how we can uh, really try to be disciplined enough to make it to heaven. Uh, you can't be good enough to get to heaven. You might as well give that one up. Tell somebody you might as well give it up. You give can up. Up. Now, look at them on the same vein and say, but you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You can be righteous because you are righteous. That is one of the hardest things for God's children to get, that they are righteous. The minute you invite him in, you are righteous. But that Jehovah's Sid canoe has to work its way out through your soul and your body. He's there, but you got to let him work it out. You are righteous. Good won't make it. Righteous will get you there. Mm -hmm. And righteousness works by love. So if you hold on to bitterness and unforgiveness and you're constantly under victimization and all of the law, that's sin. You might look at it because you've been wronged. But if you hold on to it because you don't have to, it becomes sin and becomes iniquity and can go for generations. But you are righteous. Tell somebody, look at them and say you're righteous. righteous. Tell them act like it. Act like it. Now, in the midst of it, Matthew 11 says something to us because John is really struggling now because John was in a a, a paradigm and a place where he thought uh, that he was preparing, preparing the way for the Lord to come. He saw the Lord come down. He saw the Spirit come down on the Lord. But then in his continuing in the wineskin he was in, he lost sight of what he had even prophesied. So he sends his disciples over and says, uh, "John sent, they say, John sent us to see if you're really the one we're looking for. That is one of the most far out statements I have ever read in the word of God. That John, who knew him in the womb, who followed him, who paved the way, who baptized him, who saw the heavens open up, is now questioning. It's scary. That's a scary statement to me. And the Lord said, well, John, if you don't believe that I'm the one, at least believe in what you prophesied. Because I'm doing it. In other words, I'm not going to try to convince you that I'm the one, but you knew when the one told you to prophesy what you did, and now it's being performed and acted out before your eyes, you are to be able to see that because you prophesied. Now, think about the things you've prophesied that you've lost sight of. Think about things you've said that you've lost sight of. And then, so he says to John's disciples, he says that even the least... And the kingdom will be greater than John. Tell somebody next to you. I think he's talking about you. <laughs> and he says, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violent assault. That's what the word plunder means. Violent assault. And violent men seize it by force as a precious prize. You know why I'm sharing this today? We don't see ourselves as plunderers. We're too religious to see us as plunderers. We have bought into something. Because there is a law of love. If you ever violate the law of love, you reap consequences for it. Because the law of love causes faith to work, and then you're not operating by faith. Therefore, we're required to live. This is what makes Christianity... And, and, and serving the Lord and allowing Him to live in us so hard. We're required to allow love to live in us. Look at somebody and say, oh me. That's good. That's good. We're required to allow, to be the house for love. Amen. Because God is love. That's right. And if we violate the God of the law of love, we lose faith and we're in trouble. Wow. And yet, Yeshua himself said, You're going to have to plunder, you're going to have to violently assault the kingdoms of this world so that you bring in the spoil. Let me show you one more scripture it's hard for us because all you got to do is go straight to the next chapter when Yeshua starts teaching it on and on in chapter 12 all of a sudden the religious groups coming to him and saying to him you cast out this demon of this possessed man and you did it on the Sabbath and we don't allow that and he said if satan he said he he knew their thoughts see he knows right now what you're sitting there thinking satan doesn't particularly satan can put thoughts in you he knows what resources he has in you satan does John eight forty four says that, that he can only use the resources you haven't given up. Oh, so let me tell you, you hang on to that dollar bill with that evil eye, and you don't give a portion to the Lord that you want to honor the Lord with, that evil eye is going to follow you everywhere you go all week long. That's how the Lord told me you can break all those curses in your bloodline, in that ground, in that beautiful piece of land. You can break all those curses. You're not gonna do it the same way your dad fell into pray. You're not gonna do it the way your grandpa fell into pray. You're not even gonna do it the same way your mother did. Yeah, come on, come on. To break and secure the land, you gonna give your way out of the evil eye that dwells over the land. And that's why I want to be sure I give. If I give something to you, which I was just walking around giving. I love it. I love it. It's part of my life. It became part of my life when I was 18. 18. It's not some new thing I do. Because it took over 40 years for me to really see the evil eye for how he watched us. Dar knows. She's led me through deliverance after deliverance. Now, so he says, if Satan cast out Satan, that is his demons, he has become divided against himself and disunited. How then will his kingdom stand? If I cast out the demons by the help of Beelzebub, Satan. See, that's his name in the New Testament. It means adversary, Lord of the flies. By whom do your sons drive them out? For this reason, they will be your judges. But if it is by the Spirit of God, that I cast out the demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you and it's done it through violence. And it's just plundered the enemy's camp. And then he says this, or how can anyone go into a strong man's house and steal his property unless he first empowers and ties up the strong man? See, We like that verse when we're saying, Lord, tie up the enemy and don't let the enemy bother me. But the Lord says, You're going to have to tie him up. Come on. You're going to have to bind him up, forbid him. That's what the word means. Forbid him. To hold on to anything that's yours. That's why I used to make a list. It wasn't until last year I got set free of one of the very last things. It was a royalty that I knew my dad helped invent that he, we never found it. And every time I would see the invention, something would stir in my stomach and I finally stopped. George Reggie... Several people were with me. I said, you're going to have to pull the car over. I think Chad was with me. I'm going to have to deal with this. I do not want to look at something and have any sort of stirring in me about the loss of it. Pull this car over. I'm going to get down right here, and I'm going to ask God to do- I'm going to bless that thing. I'm going to ask it to multiply. I'm going to ask anybody that's got it to multiply. I'm going to ask the Lord to take this away. I'm going to ask him to fill me with love toward the loss. Love toward the loss. And then I'm going to be excited about how he's going to bring back what that represented up to a thousand times. Say, I want it back. Listen to me. Don't put off getting set free. Yes. Some of you just put off your stew in it. You don't I said pull it over. I ain't going another I ain't going another mile with even this thought. You don't have to wear that thought. You don't have to wear that loss. You don't you can wear the harvest of the loss. And then you can look at anybody else who's wearing the same loss and say, I'm going to help you take that garment off. Let me end by saying this. We'll continue this. Robert will be back. It will be nice. (laughs) Those who have knowledge will do exploit. They'll gain new strength. There's two things I want to leave with you. First of all, I'm going to decree that the Word come alive in every cell of your body. Some of you are holding on to cell places where the Word's grown dead. I'm going to decree... That from your spirit the word so begins to work its way out, that every vexation of every lie starts breaking off of you. His word is living. Don't look at it as graphite written. It's living therefore since it's living it's got to express itself look at somebody and say there's got to be an expression be. now don't look at reading your Bible the same way you've looked at it in the past I'm gonna, let me tell you something I would, not, I would be so hard to deal with if I didn't pour the word in for an hour before I met with somebody else Lord, amen. and I I'm a lovely person. I'm a righteous person. But without the word of the Lord pouring into me and the life of that word coming to life, I could be, I could have an ugly streak. I don't want to have an ugly streak. Anybody that's ever Saw that streak, knows they don't want to have me to have an ugly streak. You've already heard testimony of things that lie down deep within us until the word penetrates that place. Are are we getting it? You've got some too. You don't have to just look up here at me. You've got some things that God's trying to get to. Every two by four that's been swung in my family, there's a redemptive word lying on it. And I wish that was all that had been swung. I can still remember how our housekeeper said, Honey, come stand right behind me. I'm about to take care of this situation. And she pulled that rolling pin out of the kitchen and not the living whatever you, no, don't say it. Don't say it. You are banned. You are banned. This is a G rated service. Well, maybe PG rated service. and she did it right there I thought to myself well we don't have to worry about listen you don't have the kingdom doesn't have race that's right please say that again I'm going to say it one more time the kingdom doesn't have race in it the kingdom doesn't have gender in it the kingdom has plunders in it
1: I'm a plunderer. I'm a
0: plunderer. Our housekeeper was a different race from us, and I knew when to get behind her. Yes. You see race wrong, it's going gonna, it's gonna to flip on you one day. I can go back to when I was a kid and I can tell you right now that'll flip on you one day because yes. you're going to have to get behind the kingdom people and it doesn't matter what color they are. It doesn't matter what gender they are. Woo. Come on, C.P. I'm glad I learned that when I was probably 10 years old. Hallelujah. Now, Let me say this, because his word leads to knowledge that we will be using in conflicts in days ahead. His word plunders the enemy's camp. Every time there was a breakthrough, a word came forth before it. I had a list of all that that I could teach. I'm not going to do that. The word... Has an interaction. You must allow the Word to interact with everything in you. The Word shows you who's dwelling in you, it makes you know the God who lives inside of you. And then it Yeshua being the word to demonstrate God makes you know how God in you wants to do that through you. Because Yeshua said, we'll do lots of things beyond what he did. The Bible says the word has no bounds. So he doesn't want you to confine it in your understanding. We watch for the manifestation of the Word. A personal relationship with Father is going to come through the Son By the Spirit, breathing on the Word. It doesn't come just by you saying a prayer. It doesn't come by you trying to do everything right. It comes... By the word becoming flesh. Now, poke somebody and say, he's talking about your flesh here. (laughs) That's why Yeshua came. He came to show man that God could live in them and cause them to walk like God. And God's saying... I've got a harvest, and I've got plunderers, and you might feel weak, but I have new strength. Let me, let's all stand up and let me read this verse from Job over you. I love Job. Old book. Listen to this. My root is spread out and open to the waters. That's why we're restoring the covenant root this year. The dew lies all night upon my branch. My glory and honor are fresh in me. You're going to repeat that. My glory and my honor and my favor are fresh within me. That's what God's doing. It's fresh within me. My bow, now draw back your bow. My that's the word of God. It's sharp and powerful. My bow gains ever new strength in my hand. This week you're gonna draw back your bow. I want you to know what arrows you are shooting forth this week because we're going to be shooting them into the enemy's camp draw back your bow again and say lord fill it with arrows this week let's give a shout now all of you on the web all of you in here put your hand on two or three people and say, plunder the enemies. camp. Draw your bow back. Get new strength. Let the Word become alive. I send you forth with a renewed spirit. And I say, let your spirit come alive And every cell of your body revitalized this week. Let's give a shout.